the moment you think you know what's going on in the greatest movie of all time, it's the moment your goose is well and truly cooked, my friend. Today on the show, Captain America, the first Avenger. The greatest movie podcast is the greatest movie podcast is the greatest movie podcast is the greatest movie. Come on and hear me now. Greatest movie podcast is the greatest movie podcast is the greatest movie podcast is the greatest movie. Come on and hear me Welcome, everyone, to the greatest movie of all time podcast, the show in which I, your co-host, the American male, Rick Barrasso. And I, your co-host, the big American Boski. We're going to watch every single movie ever made, and we're going to help figure out which is the greatest of them all. How are you doing today, Derek? Well, it's bittersweet. We're, we're finishing off uh, our superhero month. We are finishing off Superhero Month, polishing it off another foray into the MCU with Captain America, the first Avenger. Uh, But uh, we'll get to that in a minute. Let's take care of some business first. Last week, we had an episode on Superman the movie. It was a, a super fun episode, no pun intended. Check that one out. Check any of our episodes out. Um, our library is on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, whatever app you use. Subscribe, review it if you can. It's extremely helpful for the show. And if you enjoyed it or if you have anything else you want us to cover, let us know on social media. We're the greatest movie of all time podcast on Facebook. We are at Great Moviecast on Twitter. Uh, all hail our new uh, Twitter overlord. Um, we're uh, at uh, we're uh, at Rick and Rec on Instagram, and you can always shoot us an email at greatestmoviepod at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. And as our old friend, our old comrade, our old guy who was in the army with us, Bruce Wayne would say, tell your friends about us. But now, I can do this all day. Captain America, the first Avenger, is a 2011 adventure war film directed by Joe Johnston. It stars Chris Evans as Steve Rogers, Haley Atwell as Peggy Carter, Hugo Weaving as the Red Skull, Sebastian Stan as Bucky Barnes, Dominic Cooper as, as Howard Stark, and Stanley Tucci as Abraham, Abraham uh, Erskine. Uh, it made $370.6 million on a roughly $200 million budget. It's got a 6.9 on IMDb. A 79% on Rotten Tomatoes, a 66% on Metacritic. Eber. Wow. Uh, he liked it. Three out of four. Of course, it's loaded with CGI. The, it goes without saying that it's preposterous, but it has the texture and takes the care to be a full-blown film. A.O. Scott from the New York Times says, Captain America, like its unapologetically corny hero, is propelled by unpretentious and plucky ingenuity. Uh, for a negative one, Peter de Bruges from Variety says, quote, red, white, and bland. I, oh, I put the inflection in there, but I assume that's pretty much what he was what saying, what he, what, how he sounded when he was saying that. Right. So, Derek, when did you first see this one? Um, I don't know. Probably a little bit after it came out. I didn't see it at the theater or anything. Um, 
but I, uh, my, my uncle Greg, um, is like a humongous Captain America fan. He like has him tattooed in his thigh. <laughs> uh, he's got all the memorabilia in his like man cave. Um, so I was always kind of like, not scoffed at it, but I was like, Captain America, like who cares? Um, but then I saw this movie and I was like, all right, all right. Yeah. I'm getting into this. And I probably saw the model of water at the time, but when it did come out, I did, I did enjoy it. So yeah, definitely, definitely back around when it came out, just probably not the same time. Yeah. For me, other than the most recent Spider-Man movie, which like ended up just being like kind of a shit show for me to be able to like go see in the theater. I think I've seen every MCU movie opening weekend. Wow. Um, yeah. big, big Marvel fan. Yeah. Um, it, it, like it, if not all of them, like a lot, most, the vast majority of them. Um, but yeah, I mean, Captain America is a, I, I was very leery, I feel like, of this, because unlike our conversation with, you know, about Iron Man, when I heard, you know, they, they cast Robert Downey Jr. as Tony Stark, I was like, all right, like, that's perfect. Absolutely. Let's go. I heard they cast Chris Evans as as Captain America, and I was like, I don't see it. I was like, yeah, I totally especially after the Fantastic Four yeah. stuff, I was like, man. Yeah, I was yeah. like, I just don't, I don't, like, I didn't get it, and I was very happy to be proven wrong uh, with this. Um, maybe not this movie so much, but him in the role. Uh, but let's uh, let's talk about it. Let's talk about what happens in this movie, Derek. Do you have a song this week or are we, are we just timing me out? Let's do the theme from Wild Wild West for this one. You're not going to save that for another episode? No, no, okay. I'm not. No, I'm going to count down. Uh, that one will get men in black. Yeah, we'll get men in black. All right, three, two, one, go. Steve Rogers, a scrawny kid from Brooklyn, is given a super soldier serum and becomes Captain America, the pinnacle of possible human achievement during World War II. He, along with his best friend Bucky, his love interest Peggy, Howard Stark, his friend, and his team, the Howling Commandos, does battle with Hydra, the deep science arm of the Nazis, led by the Red Skull. Bucky seemingly dies in a raid on Hydra. Red Skull's plan is to use the Tesseract and Infinity Stone to power weapons to destroy major cities. Cap defeats Red Skull, but has to crash the plane he's on to save New York. He's frozen for decades and wakes up in modern-day Manhattan. A man time. out of time. <laughs> a man out of time. Yep. Um, that's what you so are. that's 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 basically what happens in there. Um, let's uh, let's talk about what we like about the movie. Um, as we do each week, our top three scenes. Derek, what is your number three favorite scene? Yeah, I really enjoyed the uh, the train sequence with um, with Captain America and Bucky going after Solar. Um, I thought it was kind of intense, you know, it, it kind of reminded me of like a sequence from, uh, the first Gears of War video game. Um, I don't know if anyone out there has played it, but it's, it was very interesting. And, and they're kind of like, you know, it, it's, they're fighting this like big machine thing with guns. And then they take that down. And so I love all those voices like shoot again, do it again. Um, and, uh, they're battling and stuff. And they finally, you know, get to a point where Bucky is uh, like, you know, shot whatever he has the he has the the shield, but it doesn't protect him all the way, and he falls off the train. Captain America tries to save him, and he falls, quote unquote, to his death. Um, and this is like the first really big, like, awful thing that happens to Captain America, where he just like, almost can't get over it in a lot of ways. But uh, it's a cool sequence. I like the action and uh, pretty pretty emotional stuff for Steve Rogers. 
So I noticed when I was watching this movie, and I like, I understand it's a comic book movie and these things happen. There are three separate characters that we like basically have like a fake out death and they're actually alive to the point where like nobody actually dies in this. Like Steve puts the plane down, Bucky falls to his apparent death and Red Skull fucking disappears and they all end up being alive in the future. Uh, You could make an argument for Zoller too. Well, he's that's more like the second movie. Right, right, but I'm saying that, like, you know, you can make an argument to say it's like he, he, yeah, he doesn't like necessarily die in this movie, but like he survives in other ways. It's kind of interesting. Yeah. Um, But that's a little, little uh, uh, observation there. But um, my number three scene is sort of the collection of scenes with Steve in basic training when he, you know, gets the flag by like outthinking everybody and then like dives on the fake grenade to save people. And it's just, that's kind of when I started buying into this take on the character where he was, he was, you know, where's the characters, you know, the other characters do as well. Um, I, I actually thought when I was watching this, thinking back to our conversation about Iron Man is how this scene and like up to when he becomes Captain America sort of mirrors the origin of Iron Man where it's like he's in the cave when he has like the mentor that uh, Jensen in uh, in Iron Man that sort yeah. of like teaches him things and I was like okay well and one, one of the great things about this is how similar to Iron Man we talked about how much foreshadowing there is you know and yep. like how much these early movies inform the characters going forward and you know when you sort of, we talked about like how Tony's dealings with the ensign sort of inform what he is. Uh, Steve's talks with uh, Erskine really inform who he is. Like throughout the whole thing, the whole arc of Steve Rogers throughout all this MCU can be kind of boiled down to Erskine being like, be a good man first. Yeah, that's why you're here because you're a good man. Right. Yep. Um, so that's and, really yeah. worth it. Um, so what's your number two scene? So my number two scene is the chase sequence uh, when he first gets his power, basically becomes a super soldier, and he's just a huge guy now, and he is taken off to to catch this killer, and you know it, it, it's a really cool sequence. He's barefoot. So it makes it much more impactful. He's jumping off of cars and, uh, you know, this, this villainous Hydra guy like grabs a kid and he's like using him as a hostage. Throws Thorin Oakenshield himself after killing Abraham Erskine. Yeah. yeah. Right. Right. And then he like throws the kid in the water. And I love that. You just think Captain America's have to jump in the water. And the kid's like, I'm fine. Go get him. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> Captain America goes after him and, I love when he actually grabs him and he's like, he's like, you know, you cut my head off to, to, you know, take its place. It's like, Oh shit. These guys mean business. Um, but it's a really cool sequence. It kind of, it's the first time you see Captain America do anything like with his new body. And, and like you said before, in the other scenes where like he outsmarts everybody, like Steve Rogers has smarts. He's a very intelligent person. All he needs is the strength. Yeah. And now he's like the perfect guy, you know, and I, in, in that I, sense, lo- but. I love that the way he like he moves in that scene because he's like i he doesn't even know like what this body can do 
Yeah, he, he like he like flings himself by accident to like yeah. a wedding. And like, even the way he's, he's like, running, sorry. he's like he's like, oh shit! Like, look how fast I am! Like, this is this is crazy. Yeah. Uh, right? Yeah. No, I, I love that scene as well. Uh, my number yeah. two scene is the scene where uh, Captain America uh, infiltrates the Hydra base and saves Bucky, like right up and you know, and the Holland Commandos, and we see the red skull reveal his red skull for the first time. And Stephen Buckley are just like, what the fuck? Like, what are we dealing with here? (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah. Just fun action scene, um, fun little character beats. And, you know, again, just goes to like, that's, this is what Captain America does. Like he's, is what Steve Rogers is. Like he's the guy who's going to go and do the thing. You know, even Tommy Lee Jones tells him, don't like, Basically, like, you know, he's dead. See where I was like, no, I'm going to go see for myself. Um, it was a great moment for him. And uh, of, like, the early Marvel villains, um, you know, other than Loki, I feel like Red Skull is, is probably close to the top of, like, the phase one villains. Yep. Let's get to number one. What is your number one favorite scene in this movie? My favorite um, scene is kind of a collection of scenes. I love all the montages in this movie. They just make the movie for me. Yeah. Like, you know, it's a Captain America and his and his soldiers like defeating a Hydra at every chance. You know, they're breaking in and they're shooting and they're beating and they're winning. And then I I love those sequences, but I also really love when they're showing like Steve Rogers is basically like he's a showman. Like they don't even know what they have. You know, and he's just doing all these goofy, you know, performances and stuff for for the for the you know the the army and stuff and uh, I remember, you know, first seeing the movie and, and seeing that sequence, and I was like, "Oh, this is like a good like." And, and I, I think that I am, I'm always looking for a little bit of humor in, in movies like this, and they just nailed it. I think the in general MCU just nails humor and music really well. Right. Um, but this whole sequence was just a lot of fun, and it always sticks out to me as like the most fun part of the movie. So it's my number one. Yeah, uh, I can I can definitely get behind that. My number one scene though is uh, very different. And that is the scene where Steve puts the ship down in the water. And I think it's ultimately like Steve Rogers is the guy who's going to sacrifice everything. And man, sacrificing, uh, you know, the, the chance to, to get to spend some time with, uh, with Haley Atwell in this movie is uh, it's, it's a big one, uh, let alone, uh, let alone committing suicide. Um, yeah, I, um, I think it's just a very emotionally resonant moment because it makes complete sense as to how all these characters react while it's, you know, while it's happening. And again, it's just one of those things where maybe if Endgame worked out differently or if we were doing this before Endgame came out, it wouldn't be number one. But the fact that they pay it off 20 movies later and, you know, 10 years later uh, makes it work all the more for me. Mm-hmm. So that's what we liked about it. Let's talk about what we didn't like so much. What is your least favorite part about this movie? Honestly, I, I didn't have any, like, problems necessarily with this movie. But this is kind of more of a funny thing, and that's that I didn't get to see Natalie Dormer and Chris Evans just have a, a like a crazy, awesome sex scene. Just like, just, <laughs> can you imagine <laughs> Peggy walks in and they're not kissing; they're just like going at it. 
he just it's just doggy straight up doggy he's style just, right he's like, it's not what it looks like <laughs> yeah yeah he, he, no it's something else but <laughs> natalie dormer she every time she's on screen she's just like oh man she's just man, striking if if you're into brunettes this movie is for you yeah <laughs> yeah yeah yep. um definitely um a lot of very beautiful women in this movie um, we need more Natalie Dormer is what I'm saying. Yes. I was, I was tempted to put her as my recast or Peggy, but I was like, no, that's just too fucking cute. Like can't, can't right. do it. Um, yeah. No. Yeah. The um, that's, I mean, listen, if you're, if you're Steve and uh, there's like one scene where they kind of like it, during one of the montages where he like, kind of like looks at a girl and like maybe it's like oh maybe something happened there um but then like imagine you're basically like pre- more or less a virgin and then like natalie dormer's like throwing herself at you it's like all right yeah <laughs> yeah so here's here's my biggest issue with this movie is that there are so many characters in this movie that i feel like we don't really get to know very many of them Right. You know, it's like what's like what's Tommy Lee Jones' deal? Oh, he's an army guy. Um, okay. Um, he's grumpy. He's Tommy Lee Jones, he's grumpy. That's what he is. All right, like what what's up with like all the howling commandos? Like Steve spends like months with these people, right? Like what's going on with Dum Dum Dugan? I don't know, he's got a mustache. Like that's his right. thing, he's a mustache guy, Asian yep. guy, like French guy, like what like there's there's so much there's there's so much happening in this that I feel like there's not a whole lot of room for a lot of stuff to breathe. Right. You know, like how much stories, I mean, I know the montages are cool, but like how much story is just like in there that we just don't see, you know? Um Yeah, they got a lot to cram in. Yeah, and never mind, like it we get to know Howard Stark throughout the, you know, the rest of the you know, MCU, but like do we, do we get a ton of time with him? You know, do we get a ton? Yeah. You know, do we get a ton of time with Bucky in this movie? Like, and that kind right. of is like, you know, uh, they have to like put in flashbacks in the later Captain America movie. To be like, no, no, no. They were really, they were very good friends. They were actually, they spent a long yep. time together. Um, right. So I think maybe this movie could have used some more time to breathe. A lot of the characters, a little more space. So let's, uh, let's go to, Medals. Medals indeed. Bronze, silver, gold as we do each week. Derek, who is your bronze medal winner? My bronze, uh, surprisingly, for the short amount of time he has in this film, goes to Stanley Tucci. Um, I've said it before. I just think he is just a pleasure to have on screen. He's a pleasure to watch. Um, I love him. I think he's a great actor. I think whatever he does, he does very well. And like we said before, like, each major superhero sort of becomes like, you know, ne- needs that like sort of father figure at first or like that, that, that mentor. And you just love Stanley Tucci's character right away. He just seems like this really good guy. You know, he believes in Steve Rogers and that's what we need. The first thing, yeah. you, you know, you're watching a movie about a superhero before you can believe you need to kind of watch somebody else believe him in the movie too. And to kind of get you on board. And, and then of course he, he dies and you're like, what the hell? Well, I, you know. I mean, I think I think it's very interesting as well that, like, if you look at the the the, the four 
major Avenger, the four Avengers that got the phase one movies, right? Um, Captain America and Iron Man, they parallel each other. Their stories are, they have the mentor, the mentor dies. And just as they're becoming, just as they're fulfilling their, uh, their potential, you know? Um, Whereas like Hulk and Thor don't really have the same story. Like Thor's story is very much like, you've disappointed the mentor, you know, right. is, is actual fire in this case. And, you know, Bruce Banner is like, you're alone. You have no, he's a loner. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think it's interesting that like, arguably the two main characters of this series up to this point have that very similar beginning. And, right. you know, and, and Tucci def- definitely makes an impact. Zerskin, you know, um, yep. my bronze hover goes to Joe Johnston. And he is the director. He is a guy who made, he directed The Rocketeer. He directed, I believe, Jumanji. Like, just these big, fun blockbuster type, you know, 90s movies. And this was the perfect vehicle for him. This is the perfect superhero movie for him. Like, it, it played into his sensibilities so much. And you could tell he was just having a blast. Like, nobody, I don't think there would really be anybody that would really just luxuriate in the like fucking Captain America star spangled man with a plan song like Joe Johnston would. Right. So who is your silver? My silver goes to the, uh, the Hugo weaving himself. And he's a very interesting actor because he's primarily known for a few different things. And he's obviously has, has a much deeper scope of his acting and his ability and his skills. Like, I think that there's a few actors out there that are known for silly things, but you're like, oh, wait a minute. I haven't really seen him do what he really does well. And you can tell Hugo Weaving is like, he's probably a great Broadway actor. He's probably a great yeah. theater actor. He can do really deep things, and but but he's known for these big, big movies. He's, he's known for The Matrix and Lord of the Rings and then Captain America, these big epic like fantasy or sci-fi type things. Um, but he brings so much to the character of Red Skull, you know, he's, he's a commanding actor and he commands your attention. Um, and he, he can be pretty scary and pretty menacing. And I think that it was very hard for me to recast this because you believing has an element about him. Not not that it was difficult, but like, I mean, of course there's a bunch of actors that could play Red Skull, but I think that, um, Hugo Weaving almost has that, like, I hate, I, this is going to be weird saying this, but he almost has like a Tim Curry thing about him where he like, there's nobody really like him specifically. Like there's a bunch of like stock actors that are like, oh, these, these group of actors can do this thing. Oh, this actor reminds me of this actor. Hugo Weaving is just a different breed of acting. Um, he's interesting. I mean, he's, he's kind of hard to follow and uh, hard to follow up with or, or recast. Um, but that's just the way I felt about him and he gets my silver. I I I I'm just very curious as to why he did not want to come back in this role. Well, it's kind of a, no offense, but it's not really a big performance. It's kind of a nothing. Right, but it's it's very much like they easily could have brought the character back in a, a different form. You know, Red Skull is like the the arch enemy of Captain America in the comics. Like it's always Red Skull. Um like there are definitely moments in the series where I was like, Oh, like I bet this is red skull. Like I really thought that like, um, 
that Robert Redford's character in uh, Captain America 2 in The Winter Soldier was going to be revealed as Red Skull at the end. Okay. And that they do eventually bring the character back and they like recast it. Um, Which, by the way, whoever the actor is definitely sounds like Hugo Weaving, like his performance. The actor, yeah, that actor is, um, uh, yeah, Ross Marquand, who plays Aaron on The Walking Dead. Uh, that's like his his other like that actor the big roles like he's a supporting character in The Walking Dead and then he's like showed up and he's like I'm Red Skull. Uh, all right, um, it's it's it was just interesting that he didn't uh, he didn't appear again as the character. You know, it's and I, I remember hearing something where it's like oh he didn't want to do sequels period but right again he's like well known for sequels that he's done. Yeah. So my silver, it is a tie. And this is based on uh, basically supporting characters that did sort of continue to exist as these characters uh, going forward. So it's a tie between Haley Atwell and Sebastian Stan. It's more of like what they got out of the role as opposed to the, maybe the, the roles themselves uh, in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, I think Haley Atwell is a tremendous love interest. I think that's a difficult role to cast because, you know, you're going to be like, okay, well, 90 years later, he's he's going to be like, there's no girl for me in this right. world other than that, like, that one woman who, like, completely captured me. So, yeah, I mean, it's, um, you know, it, I, I think Haley Atwell does a, a, a great job of being like, okay, I totally get why this guy would be carrying a flame for her, even if it's like 10 years in his t- real time, you know, or, or uh, I mean, who knows how long it is. They're not really specific with the time frame, but like 90 years later, it'd be like, there's no girl that can measure up to this uh, for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, you know, and then Sebastian Stan, obviously he's like, he gets the bigger stuff in later movies, but yeah, I mean, he, I think he does a great in the, uh, the best friend role, but yeah, more of like what he gets out of this than what it is actually in the movie. Uh, yeah. So, Derek, if you could tell me how Al Pacino has gotten, you know, it's gold. He's gold he, every time. I mean, his portrayal of Captain America is is beyond belief. I mean, this guy played Scarface, you know, and now he's playing <laughs> Captain America. I mean, he's he's he's, he's like, pretty intense. He's like eighty year old Pacino in the basic training scenes, and then it's just like when he goes in the machine, he comes out. It's just Pacino's head on like a ripped body. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I can do this all day. Yeah, he can. He can. I mean, he's still acting, man. He's 82. I think, you know, I think he's 82 today. I'm just looking for the right partner. Is I think today, I think today is his birthday. Happy birthday, Al Pacino. Gold medal. No, I'm assuming number one is, is, or excuse me, your gold medal winner is Chris Evans. Chris Evans, yeah. I mean, yeah. what is there to say? He we, we he he basically um, made us both eat our shoes, and I'm sure a lot of other yeah. people too. Um, he did it. I mean, he nailed it. That's why he was cast, is because he probably killed it in the in the screen test. And um, yeah, it's just awesome. Like really, like and then and then you know, I hate to just go into other movies and stuff, which I don't want to do. But I mean, obviously, he's one of the most beloved characters in the MCU now. You know, right. But, yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I was really 
you know, I just, I had his role in Fantastic Four in my head when I heard he was cast. And I was like, I don't know. He's like, what, Captain America is like the, the funny guy? Like, is that what it's right. going to be? Like, why do you cast him? You know, and I, and, you know, I, I know like Jensen Ackles and John Krasinski were up for the role as well. And it's like, well, you know, I can see Jensen Ackles do it. I could, you know, I could see this or that. And it was like, then I saw this and of course I was like, oh, okay. Like this is, I get it. Like I, I completely get it. Um, yep. And he, you know, totally, uh, you know, like I said, we, I fucking lightly salted heavy pepper on my words and I ate him with a fucking fork and knife. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. But now we do. Uh, we uh, we try to recast some of these roles, uh, as as we do here. Um, I have uh, I have Steve. I got Peggy. I got Red Skull. And I got Bucky. Who do you have? Same. Same. Four. All right. Who do we have for Bucky? All right. Let's take a look here. My Bucky went to Richard Madden. I know it's cheating because he's already in the MCU, but. I just kind of saw his face in this role. He, he kind of has that same kind of look like Sebastian Stan has. He's a, mm-hmm. They're both very good actors. And, uh, you know, of course, I'm, I'm always, I feel like I'm always picking English actors to play Americans, but I think I just know more English actors. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so, I mean, I know as I was casting it, it was kind of cheating, but I was like, you know what? This is just the guy I see for the role, so. Yeah. So, my Bucky... Uh, goes to not an Englishman, but an Irishman uh, who has definitely played English characters before. Uh, Piers Brosnan. Be, what's that? Piers Brosnan. No, no, no. He's a, he's a bit too young for the role. I went a bit older than that. No, uh, I went uh, Donald Gleason. Oh, all right. I think he's, uh, you know, you may know him as uh, Bill Weasley, uh, I think is the Weasley yeah, brother I, he plays. I think he is. Yeah, I think he is yeah. Bill. Uh, or, you know, may know him from the recent Star Wars movies. Um, you know, he's, uh, he's in that, he's in those, but yeah, I think he's, um, uh, he's a, he's a great actor and I could very easily see him as, uh, doing some of the winter soldier stuff as, as the series goes along. Cause remember these rules are, we're keeping these actors whenever we do an I, whenever we do an MCU episode. So yeah. No crossovers. Yep. All right. Um, okay. where do you want to go next? What character do you want to go next? Uh, let's do Peggy. Peggy, who do you got? Um, this this felt this felt weird because I've used her a bunch in the past, and I think this is far and away my favorite slot for her to go into. Um, and I, I just I don't know, I don't know, I just picture her really in this role. I feel like she 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 has the cuteness, but also the strength of sure. this role, and that is Amelia Clark. Yep, I felt like would be really good for this specific role. I could, I could and, see that. I, I did. She did yeah. not come to my mind, but I, I, I like that a lot. It's just like you know, she just has that. Re- she, she's a, she's a good actress, but like she has that really pretty face, and like you know, she's one of the you know, like you said, like you need to cast an actress that like who's Captain America not gonna not gonna look at any other girl for? Yeah, you know, so that kind of fit the mold for me. Um, so I went with. Uh, an actress by the name of Lily James. And I feel like I know Lily James. What she is, she in? is she was in the live action. She was the live action Cinderella. Um, she's been in the front of so she's in Baby Driver. Uh, she's in Downton Abbey. She was in 
uh, Mamma Mia 2. Uh, it's a big role. Don't laugh. Uh, she played a young, um, a, a young, uh, why am I blanking? Yeah, all, uh, yeah. All, all the pictures. She plays Pam in the Pam and Tommy movie with Sebastian yes. Stan. Yeah. Yeah, I, I got to stop seeing those pictures because that's throwing me off. Yeah, she's she like really very much transforms herself into Pam Anderson in that. Um, right, right. Yeah, so I mean, she I think she's uh, again like beautiful woman, very much like uh, you can definitely see somebody being like, wow, like that's 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 it for me, like that's the girl I want. Uh, so Red Skull. Yeah, I, I went with another uh, actor who I've used in the past very often. I just, right away, I just, he's actually a DC guy, but I just saw his face, the thought of his face, and I'm like, from what I've seen him in, I would love to see him do this, and that is Michael Shannon. Yeah, it's really um, interesting. Yeah, especially because, like, he's got a weird face. Yeah. And I just think he's, I think he would make Red Skull a little bit more of a wackadoo. Um, which is fine for me because I love when fil- villains are just kind of nutty. But I also recasted this role as well in the 90s. Okay. So if Captain America was made in the 90s, I would have went with Raul Julia. Oh, yeah. Um, Raul Julia is far and away my red skull. but I almost would see. put Raul Julia as like Doctor Strange in the 90s. Uh, uh, maybe, maybe. I was thinking of just his like wide eyes and like playing M. Bison. <laughs> like yeah. Street Fighter, but so so for for my Red Skull, I feel like I went kind of an obvious direction, but I was like I thought of him. I was like, okay, yeah, like the, that's it, Christoph Waltz. Okay, interesting. You know, yeah. just that like I mean, he, he that, plays a like, Nazi very well. He does, he does. He, uh, I I just feel like he's he just makes you uncomfortable. Yeah, he he has that ability to just be like. I don't want to be in the same room as this person at this at this moment. And I feel like that he can yeah. do that to Red Skull. Right. Yeah, I can see it. All right. So I really struggled with with my uh my Captain America recast, but who maybe maybe you'll say something that will unlock something for me. Probably uh, not, actually. Um and actually what you said earlier I didn't even realize because the one of the act the actor that I chose probably a little bit too old for the role now but you had mentioned that he was one of the original choices and i didn't know that Mm -hmm. um jensen ackles yeah is the one i chose and i've actually never really seen him in anything i I know he's in supernatural and i've seen like photos of him and stuff like that and i'm like he looks like he could play captain america yeah um and then this is a very difficult difficult uh thing to cast so i was like i guess by elimination i'm going with him i don't really know who else could play him but he's yeah, it's it's man, it's it's a tough, uh, it's a tough recast. Um, I went with Peter Dinklage. P- Peter Dinklage for Captain America. I just think, you know, he you could put. See, I was gonna do him, but then I realized he was in the MCU. So that's true. Uh, yeah, can't uh, can't do it. No, I uh, I went with. So I feel like the guy I picked is is a good actor and has not had the roles to break out, and he's been mostly like relegated to to TV. Uh, but uh, the actor the actor I picked is uh, Robbie Amell. Okay. So if you Google is him, he in that green green 
something. Green. So his cousin. So he is on the Flash as a superhero character in the TV show. His cousin Stephen Amell plays Green Arrow. Oh Arrow. yeah, yeah. Um, but if you if you Google him, so he's been in some like um, some rom coms, and uh, he definitely like has the look to play Captain America. He has the physique. Um, he looks like that all American man, but he's also yes. Canadian. Yeah, absolutely, all Canadian guy. Yeah, um, Captain Canada that you want. Yes, Captain Can- Captain Ontario. Um, yeah, no, I, I think uh, yeah. It's, it, again, this is so tough to recast because it's like, all right, so basically, you just want to cast the perfect guy. And honestly, like I, I would probably. Similar to what I said last week, like I'd almost just use like the same guy that I, I picked to play Superman. Um, but I was like, ah, I gotta, I gotta change it up a little bit. Right. Um, but yeah, no, tough, tough to recast. Like I did have yeah. Jensen Ackles, but then I was like, I was thinking about it. I was like, he's forty, Jensen Ackles, right. Right, so it's like, right. do I buy him as like the kid who wants to get into the army? Yeah, that would. I mean, that would it, definitely need it was a little tr- bit of CGI. It was so. tricky. If I was like, if we were doing Endgame and recasting Captain Eric for Endgame, Jensen Ackles all day, all day. Yeah. Um, but for this role to like have him grow in the role, like, I I just like I could go a little bit younger. But actually, yeah. I did have Jensen Ackles like written down as a placeholder. Like if I can't think of anybody else. Just gotta do it. Yeah, um, definitely. All right. So, do you have anything uh, anything for miscellaneous? Not really for anything miscellaneous here. Um, nothing specific, but I, I will say that I find the whole Hydra element of Captain America very fascinating. It, especially as opposed to like other superheroes, like you know Iron Man. You know, he's just basically fighting you know, villains and he's fighting like specific guys who want to control whatever. And Hulk is basically fighting himself and, um, you know, Thor's doing his thing up, up in his, his world. Like, you know, there's traitors and stuff. His brother, Captain America's fighting fucking Nazis. Speaking of which, after a long, long absence, he can finally return. Nazi kill of the week. Yeah. And I'm actually going to give it to Red Skull. Yeah, Red Skull. I mean, I mean, he doesn't really die, I guess. No, no, no. I'm going to give it to Red Skull for killing some fucking Nazis. When oh, he yeah, yeah. turns his weapon on, like, Hitler's high command. Yeah, right, Who's, right. like, giving him shit, and he just reduces them to nothing. Again, right. policy of the show, the only good Nazi is a fucking dead Nazi. And, and, and it's fascinating because I mean, people who who kind of study World War II or know about it know that Adolf Hitler was like into the occult. Yeah. Um, and to see it, you know, fleshed out on screen of like, here's his team of occultists led by the Red Skull. It's very interesting how they put that on film, and I, I actually really enjoyed that. So that's just kind of like my my miscellaneous of the week, I guess. Oh yeah, and uh, yeah, I feel like Red Skull would be like in the trenches, being like. I'm going for the Holy Grail. Yeah. Oh yeah. He's Red Skull is totally also an Indiana Jones villain. Yeah. He, oh, he, 
I feel like he's like, once we get rid of Captain America, we're going after Dr. Jones. Dr. I don't know what that accent Jones. was. It's more Russian than no, German. No, but... I liked it. I liked it. <laughs> Dr. Jones. Dr. Jones. Yeah, uh, yeah no. Uh, Indiana Jones, uh, canonically, is in the MCU. That's, I mean, I'm just not accepting anything else. Yeah, I believe it. <laughs> he's going to be. I, I feel like in the new Indiana Jones movie, he's going to be like, these pieces of these guys from shield or keep trying to recruit me actually and that's another actor who probably could have nailed red skull as matt mickelson i mean you could just just give him any villain and he'll do it yeah he could, you know uh, i had him for peggy i mean hey i think i think he's a catch i'll tell you what uh, i'm looking forward to indiana jones five man i i think spielberg said that it's uh it's for the fans so i'm, I'm hoping i'm sure he i'm hoping that it is what was I know? What, what Crystal was Crystal? Skull, who was Crystal Skull for, if not for the fans? <laughs> you know, they would. That was just them trying to do some alien stuff. But okay. <laughs> did, did it? Did it? Did it work? I don't know. I don't know if it worked. But I was just thinking of all the bad lines from that movie, like "Oh, looks like you brought a knife to a gunfight." And that was awful. honestly the best line in the movie. Don't even say that. That was the worst line. What was the, the what was the best? What are, what is one good line in that movie? I mean, there's no good lines in that movie. Yeah. Oh, how about Mac when he's like Jonesy? And he punches <laughs> him in the face. <laughs> the the one good yeah fuck, fuck uh. Oh, and the best line in the movie is Kate uh, uh, Blanchett going, "I want to know, I want to know, I'm ready, <laughs> I'm ready, I want to know." <laughs> <laughs> yeah fucking mutt alright let's talk about the Oscars uh, yeah. so I believe we covered this year once before so Oscars taking place in 2012 four movies that came out in 2011 I'm sure we've covered this this year before but I just can't think off the top of my head of when we did let me look we may have went over WrestleMania 27, but that's about it. Oh, man. Fucking The Miz. Oh. What a shit show. I mean, the only match that's memorable from that is literally just Undertaker and Triple H. Yeah, that means it's an overrated match. Oh, definitely overrated match, but on a card like that, it stands out. All right, let's talk about the Oscars here. So uh, this is a year that uh, this is not a great Oscar year. Um, best picture is won by the artist. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yep. The Descendants, extremely loud, extremely loud, and incredibly close, which I know we've talked about this because I was like, get that one the fuck out of here. Uh, The Help, Hugo, Midnight in Paris, Moneyball. That's that's what we talked about. We talked about Moneyball, Um, Tree of Life, and War Horse. So I believe we did have uh, Moneyball as the winner. Yeah. I mean, it's a weak year when Moneyball wins for us. It is. It is. You know, if and when we ever do an episode in Warrior, then uh, then that's that's the real winner for this year. But for now, Moneyball. Um, All right, man. Do we want to put it this in here? I mean, I, I would say it's I mean weird. this is better than Extremely Loud and Incredibly Close, but I've never seen it. But yeah, it's not good. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm not going to stand up too much for this movie. Um, I, I mean, it's a, it's a good movie, but yeah. it's yeah. Uh, Best director, uh, Michel Hazan Vicious. 
Hazen Vicious. Okay. Hazen Vicious. For the artist, Alexander Payne nominated for Descendants, Scorsese for Hugo, uh, acquaintance of the show Woody Allen for Midnight in Paris getting a fucking nomination 10 years ago, uh, 11 years ago, uh, and Terrence Malick for Tree of Life. I would give it to Terrence Malick but myself personally. Uh, Joe Johnson, I don't, I don't think so. No. Uh, best actor. Uh, John Jardin for The Artist, Damien Bashir for A Better Life, George Clooney for The Descendants, Gary Oldman and Tinker Taylor Soldier Spy, and Brad Pitt in Moneyball. And I do think we gave it to Brad Pitt here. Interesting. Again, I love I love Moneyball, but I can see why somebody would be like, "What?" <laughs> it. I mean, here's it's the thing not, about Moneyball. Yeah, it gets on base. It certainly does. It gets on base. Whereas a and lot of these are swings and misses. It's even. It's going to be even grander when you when we realize that Oakland's moving to Las Vegas. Oh man! Because the A's, I think, recently one of their games had like three thousand fans in the stadium. The city like of Oakland, are... throw them a fucking bone. Let them keep the goddamn team. Yeah. You know, the Las Vegas Athletics. They got to change the other name too because the. the, the the Las, the Las Vegas A's doesn't have a ring. The, I mean, I don't know what you'd call it. The Vegas the, A's, the, the Las Vegas Athletics, oh, doesn't sound right. The Vegas are, it doesn't matter because our, our stands are filled with fucking visiting fans. The Las Vegas Ving Rames. <laughs> Las Vegas slots, Las Vegas dealers. <laughs> the Las Vegas, I like that, the dealers. The dealers, yeah. They call them the D's. The Las yeah, Vegas there D's. you go. We just made a team. Absolutely. Um, you know what? Looking at these, I think I think honestly, the best picture of this year was not even nominated. Uh, two, uh, two of them, I think. There was a Warrior and a Girl with Dragon Tattoo uh, remake. Uh, yep, deserved it. Uh, anybody supporting roles that we want to we want to talk about here? Nothing that really stands out to me, except for Natalie Dormer's face. Yeah. Again, if you uh, if you were a fan of brunettes, uh, and and uh, in in sort of nineteen uh, forties uh, costumes, this this movie is going to scratch an itch for you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, fun movie, Captain America. Uh, it, again, this is this is another major step in the MCU, and you can go back and you listen to our Avengers episode. We talk about it a bit. And in our Iron Man episode, we talked about it more recently, where it's a an absolute miracle that they made five movies that basically worked, and 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 were able to lead to this like industry dominating series. Like yep. it's it's so impressive. And again, if they cast the wrong guy. You know, maybe if they cast Jensen Ackles, things go awry and it doesn't really work as Captain America. Or if they cast, uh, you know, if they cast somebody else, it doesn't work. Uh, it, you know, as Iron right. Man, if they go with Tom Cruise as Iron Man, uh, maybe it doesn't work. And the right. fact that, that it did is is uh, pretty goddamn miraculous in this guy's opinion. Derek, what are you eating with this? <laughs> well, 
I'm thinking, you know, a nice, a nice American barbecue. You know, I mean, well, I should say American cookout because we know the barbecues. Yeah, different, different things. Um, Burgers, dogs. Yep. Some peanuts, coleslaw, cracker jacks. Potato, potato salad. You know, just uh, just some good old fashioned American dogs, you know, and uh, maybe maybe even a Fourth of July big cookie brownie thing. You got to stop and chop. Fourth of July big cookie brownie thing. That you, you know get what I'm talking about? The, yeah, you know, the, during Fourth of July, they get the big cookie. You can cut that. You can cut it out like a pie, and it always has like blue, red, white, and blue frosting on it. I've never seen and such a, a thing. I don't. I don't. And, I, I don't. Not believe you. And the blue frosting makes you poop green. I'm just gonna let that. I'm gonna let that simmer for a while. I think you might need medical <laughs> attention. I mean, <laughs> hey. You know, I used to drink blue a blue blue fruitopia when I was a kid, and I used to poop green. The blue dye just turns that poop green, man. Uh-huh. Don't even tell me you've never pooped green before. <laughs> that might have been the weirdest question I've ever asked in this show. <laughs> don't you, it wasn't even a question. It was like, don't you fucking dare tell don't me you dare tell me you've that. never pooped green. Listen, that 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 quote right there that that makes a Sunday. <laughs> that makes that's a green poop it makes a sunday now that now that's a sunday <laughs> all right so now uh now we come to the most important part of the show and uh derek that is when we of course put 30 seconds on the clock and you tell us why captain america the first avenger is the greatest movie of all time are you ready let's do it three two one go Captain America. First off, is it really Captain Puerto Rico? Look at that. Look at that. Look at that costume next time. But Captain America, great start to the MCU. Uh, one of the movies you look back on and you're like, I remember where it started. Now look at Captain America now. Pretty, pretty good directing, really good acting, good story. It's all there for you. Go watch it. Have yourself a nice fucking time. Fuckers. And that is time. Uh, thank you for telling us about Captain Puerto Rico. Um, Captain Captain Puerto Rico, Captain Shrimp Puerto Rico. That's an impractical Joker's joke yep, for all yep. you Joker's joke, Joker, Joker's fans, not Joker's jokes. Yeah. All right. Um, so that's been our episode in Captain America, the first Avenger, and that has been superhero month. So we hope you enjoyed it. We hope you've, uh, uh, been along with us for the ride uh, and we have some fun stuff coming up next month is the second annual sequel month and we're going to start it off by welcoming Gia Smith back to the show with, uh, and we're going to continue with the Harry Potter series with Harry Potter, Harry Potter. in the Chamber of Secrets so many oh, secrets in that watch, chamber. I can't wait to watch all the awkward kids in that movie. You enjoy watching awkward kids, huh? It was a joke. Mm-hmm. I'm not casting them. I'm I not my eye on you. I'm not looking up children online. I'm watching you, kid. Okay. All right. Uh, and then we go back to a galaxy far, far away. The original Star Wars trilogy continues with The Empire Strikes Back. 
then I'm I'm excited, man. I'm I'm glad because we're good. We're getting in deep, deep into the Star Wars lore. Then we go another another third straight John Williams score. <laughs> Realizing this now, we get uh, of the of we get of uh, five. Uh, Five episodes, four of them are John Williams scores, going back to last week. Um, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Oh man, I am I am fucking amped. More indie, more dead Nazis. And we promise you, this will probably be the last Indiana Jones movie in this. I mean, well, I mean, we actually watch good. every movie of all time. Yeah, every yeah. movie of all time. Eventually, decades from now, we will uh, we will get to the other one. Um, <laughs> then uh, to cap off sequel month, as we've teased multiple times here, the Dark Knight. Ooh. What a month of May we have coming up! Yeah, quite the month. Quite quite the month. Can't wait for all those. We hope you'll join us for those. Derek, do you have anything coming up on the greatest album of all time podcast? Uh, we're still trying to get the Foo Fighters uh, episode out. It's been kind of a wacky month, but we will do it. And we're also probably going to record a few others alongside it. So we are back up to date. Um, but thanks for bearing with us and actually have some people interested in donating money to get their uh, albums on there. So well, that's going to be exciting. I'm, I'm, so, it, to get their own albums on there? <laughs> Well, they, they, you know, my, my, my deal was if you want to donate some money to my Venmo account, you know, then we will do any album you want us to do. And I actually have a few people who've already uh, been interested in doing that. So I'm having talks with them. And uh, luckily, the, the ones that they've chosen so far aren't ones that I absolutely despise because that would be horrible. Um, but uh, it's fun. I can't believe it's happening. So we'll, we'll talk about more about that down the line. All right. Excellent. Well, I, uh, I want to thank you again so much for listening today. Uh, join us next week for Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secret. Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets. Uh, I have been your co-host, your beloved, favorite, super soldier co-host, Rick Barrasso. And I, your co-host. Now that's a Sunday Boski. Keep watching, everyone. <laughs>